the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Wow. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, and you are you. And the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. You know, my job on this radio show is threefold. It's inspiration, education, and application. And then John, our producer, adds one more, which is called entertaining. Because, you know, if it's not entertaining, you know, it it lacks a lot. Uh, And that really is kind of what we're going to talk about today. Today's show is called Metaphor Man. Metaphor Man, because I always joke around that if I was ever going to be a superhero, they would call me Metaphor Man. And, of course, Metaphor Man has a cape. If you watch The Incredibles, you know what I'm talking about. When you're making a superhero, you got to decide cape or no cape. Uh, I like a cape. I like the windblown thing. I think it looks powerful. It's it's all uh, AKA Superman. You know, I think the most powerful superhero around is Superman, and so it would have a cape, uh, and I would have like the double M, almost like the Mighty Mouse type of thing. You know, with the the big M, and then uh, right underneath there's another M, kind of fold, one folded on top of the other. Here I, I come to because, save the day. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. There he goes. Believe it or not, uh, too much information about me. When I was in college. I was honestly part of the Mighty Mouse fan club. I, I was a, I've always been a big kid. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've always been a big kid, and I've never stopped being a big kid. I'm a 55-year-old big kid. So, uh, But, you know, of all the leadership characteristics, and there are a lot of them. I teach leadership. That is my forte. But one of them really has to be communication. Uh, and because what good is it to have a vision if you can't communicate it? What good is it to have a purpose if you can't communicate it? What good is it to have a love for somebody if you can't communicate it, right? So communication is the ultimate, and, and that's why I love uh, the, the study of transactional analysis by Dr. Eric Byrne, because it really is the study of communication, because that's what a transaction is. A transaction is a stimulus and a response. That entire uh, relationship is what's called a transaction. And that really is the essence of what communication is. And in communication, there's always two things you have to consider, comprehension and retention. Comprehension and retention. I do a lot of work in Uganda. I have three uh, young men who run little orphanages that I help them with their orphanages because all lives matter. Uh, And I also mentor them. And boy, comprehension and retention when you're dealing with people of a different language uh, is a big deal. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, I'm going to go into communication. An important aspect of leadership is effective communication because communication is the foundation for all relationships. Consider this. When you improve the communication in a relationship, 
you improve the relationship. And again, the two key elements to communication are comprehension and retention. The methods used to communicate our message to others will affect both comprehension and retention. Just like every other skill, there are tools available to get our message across and to make it more memorable. And now, story time with Mr. Black. In a distant village a long time ago, there lived six blind men. One day, the villagers announced, Hey, there's an elephant in the village today. They had never seen or felt an elephant before and so decided, even though we would not be able to see it, let us go and feel it anyway. And thus they went down to the village to touch and feel the elephant to learn what animal this was. And they described it as follows. Hey, the elephant is a pillar, said the first man who touched his leg. Oh no, it is like a rope, argued the second after touching the tail. Oh no, it is like a thick branch of a tree, the third man spouted after touching the trunk. It is like a big hand fan, said the fourth man, feeling the air. It is like a huge wall, sounded the fifth man who groped the belly. It is like a solid pipe, said the sixth man with tusk in his hands. They all fell into heated argument as to who was right in describing the big beast all sticking to their own perception. A wise sage happened to hear the argument, stopped and asked them, what is the matter? They said, we cannot agree to what the elephant is like. The wise man then calmly said, each of you is correct and each of you is wrong because each one of you had only touched a part of the elephant's body. Thus, you only have a partial view of the animal. If you put your partial views together, you will start to get an idea of what an elephant looks like. You see, we live in a time where there is not an openness to others' opinions and actually a a hatred for those who dare to think differently. This story is a great example of how people can have a different opinion of their experience without making it everybody else's experience. This parable of the blind man and the elephant can provide insight into the relativity, opaqueness, or inexpressible nature of truth, the behavior of experts in fields where there's a deficit of information and experience or inaccessibility of information, while at the same time showing the need for communication and respect for different perspectives. Although the parable's function is to call attention to our limited understanding of situations based on our limited perspective. I do not want this parable to make you believe in false statements, such as truth is relative and that nobody can really know the truth or other silly dogmas that only confuse and complicate things. We must remember that not all opinions carry the same weight and not all commentary is to be considered. We must remember that not all perspectives are equally valid and even valid arguments are not all equally sound. You see, each one of us lives in our own world with our own life experiences and sensory perceptions, which often lead us to biases. Yes, we are all prejudiced. We all prejudge. And we need to seek first to understand and then be understood. 
You see, when we seek to understand instead of being right, we lead by example with open-mindedness and consideration of the points of view of others. We must remember that people do not respond to reality. They respond to their map of reality. In other words, people do do not respond to what other people are doing. They respond to what they believe other people are doing. We must understand this. The elephant, in the sense, represents reality, and each of the worthy blind sages represents a different approach to understanding this reality. All the sages have correctly described their piece of reality, but fail by arguing that their reality is the only truth. Let us consider this as we interact with other people. You know, ladies and gentlemen, that's the power of stories. And today we're going to go into this toolbox that we have this whole toolbox that's available to help us with our communication, to help us with those two key parts of communication, comprehension, which is understanding, and retention, which is remembering. And today I want to go into some of the tools. See, there are stories, and we're going to go into why stories impact the brain the way they do. There are parables, as Jesus talked about, something similar to parables I call analogies because both of them require laying one thing beside another to transfer meaning. And then, as we just shared in the story about the blind men and the elephant, metaphors. Because if you want to call me a superhero, I am Metaphor Man. And that's what we're going to talk about today on Like It Matters Radio, the power of communication and how to make sure that communication gets the message that you want to send. I am Mr. Black, and we'll be right back. Who do you think you are, Superman? Bond. James Bond. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Limitless access to liberty and truth. Listen to Freedom 1570 with our free app, your smart speaker at freedom1570.com or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and defend liberty nationwide. I can probably help you fix your plumbing problem yourself so you don't have to pay me. Hi, I'm Troy from Champion Plumbing. If you have a plumbing issue, go to our YouTube channel first. We have a ton of videos to help with common plumbing issues, and we make it simple with step-by-step instructions. At Champion Plumbing, we want to empower homeowners like you to be the champion in your own home. 
If you can't repair it, then go ahead and give us a call. Subscribe at youtube.com slash champion plumbing. That's youtube.com slash champion plumbing. Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Got some blues, but that's not what the radio show's about. The radio show's about getting you out of the blues, getting you in some purple, some yellow, some brights, because today I am Metaphor Man. And that's what we're talking about on leadership. Uh, uh, we're talking about characteristics of a leader. We're talking about those qualities, and one of them is the ability to communicate. You know, it is one of my gifts, not to say I always do it clearly, not to say I always do it concisely, but I do know how to communicate. Uh, And uh, sometimes I do it better than others. But in my toolbox as a storyteller, as a communicator, uh, I use lots of stories, but I also use lots of parables. I use analogies. I use metaphors. And it's really important to know. Because people don't always remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. And that's so important because that's what all these things do. Stories, parables, analogies, metaphors. What they do is they give you more of a full-bodied experience. They they give you more of a sensory-based experience. You know, before the break... I did a story time with Mr. Black in segment one. If you missed it, uh, you can listen to this show in its entirety on on your own, at your own leisure, by going to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com. Uh, John usually has it up about a half hour after the show, so usually by 1230, you can go to likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to the whole 48 minutes of content uh, at your own leisure and uh, on your own phone device, so you can stop it, start it, you can listen to it at uh, the break, whatever you want. So just remember, if you miss any of this radio show, the entire thing should be listened to in its entirety because it is one continuous piece. I don't break it up and do four shows uh, in one show, and hopefully you're going to be with me for eight minutes at a time. Now I actually treat you a little bit better than that. So before uh, the break, we covered a nice story called The Blind Man and the Elephant. And now I'm going to expand on that a little bit with a little bit of a poem. See, one of my favorite sayings is if I can understand you a little bit better, 
and you can understand me a little bit better. Doesn't it make sense that we're in a, in a position of a better relationship? And what's lacking today is understanding. Oh, there's prejudice. Uh, there's racism. Uh, I've never lived in America where racism is okay. And it's stunning that uh, the Biden administration, the progressive left, they're absolutely okay with the racism. Uh, anti-white this, black only this, Hispanic only this. Not Everything's joke. about skin color. Everything's about what bathroom you use. It has no longer nothing to do with our choices. Uh, it's the antithesis of what Dr. King said. We live in America today that says don't judge people by their choices. Don't judge George Floyd by his choices. Uh, judge, uh, judge him by choices that weren't his, like what skin color he was, like what Derek Chauvin did, the police officer did. Uh, you know, uh, outside of Derek Chauvin, if Derek Chauvin didn't do right or wrong, good or bad, whatever you want to put on it, what he did to George Floyd, let's be honest, none of us would know who George Floyd was. He lived an unremarkable life, what someone called a felonious life. Uh, Amen. So I'm not. Yeah, it's just being truthful. That's all. I, I don't. I have nothing against George Floyd. I pray he's in heaven. Supposedly he's a born again Christian. So uh, I'll spend eternity with George Floyd. But let's be honest. George Floyd isn't memorialized because of the way he lived his life, right? You got to be honest about that. The truth will set you free. Jesus said. Well, he's remembered by how somebody else took his life. And so we got to be careful of that, uh, and that is our ability to communicate because our life is one great communication, and it's expressed at the end when it's all said and done through a eulogy. And I want you to consider the world we live in today, America we live in today, Joe Biden's America, in a world where issues are usually at least two-sided, you know, black or white, good or bad, ethical, unethical, it's easy to fall into heated debates each defending a point of view, oftentimes equated to truth. And the elephant in the story they just shared, in a sense, represents reality. And each of us, you know, the, the worthy blind sages, represents a different approach to understanding this reality. See, all the sages have correctly described their piece of reality, but fail by arguing that their reality is the only truth. In all objectivity, and in line with the poem of John Godfrey Sachs, consider this. It was six men of Indostan, to learning much inclined, who went to see the elephant, though all of them were blind, that each by observation might satisfy his mind. The first approached the elephant, and happening to fall, against his broad and sturdy side at once began to bawl. God bless me, but the elephant is nothing but a wall. The second feeling of the tusk cried, Ho, what have we here? So very round and smooth and sharp to me, tis mighty clear. This wonder of an elephant is very like a spear. The third approached the animal and happened to take the squirming trunk within his hands. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a snake. The fourth reached out his eager hand and felt about the knee. What most this wondrous beast is like is mighty plain, quoth he. Tis clear enough the elephant is very like a tree. The fifth who chanced to touch the ear said even the blindest man can tell what this resembles most. Deny the fact who can. This marvel of an elephant is very like a fan. The sixth no longer sooner had begun 
about the beast to grope, then seizing on the swinging tail that fell within his scope. I see, quoth he, the elephant is very like a rope. And so these men of Indostan disputed loud and long, each in his own opinion, exceeding stiff and strong, though each was partly in the right, and all were in the wrong. So oft in theological wars the disputants I ween tread on in utter ignorance of what each other mean, and prate about the elephant not one of them has seen. And boy, you know, I really thought that today that was such an apropos, such an apropos, not only parable, but poem. Because welcome to the world that we live in in America today in 2021. Whether you're talking about critical race theory, the 1619 project, uh, it's just stunning. Uh, You talk about racism that's acceptable now, that white people are banned from this, white people are banned from that. You can have all black this and all Hispanic this and all. But again, you can have Hispanic pride, you can have gay pride, you can have black pride. But you can't have white pride. You can't have a white-only thing. We would call that racist. And yet it's so stunning that it's just like the six blind men all touching the elephant and declaring what is truth and what is reality. And so that's why as a leader, we've got to have the ability to communicate. You know, there's lots of different communication skills. I I teach leadership, so characteristics of effective leadership. I have a list of, I think, 12, 13 items. Leaders have a vision and communicate it to their team. Leaders make decisions whether popular or not. Leaders are role models. Leaders have expectations of excellence. Leaders stimulate an environment of creativity. Leaders take risks. They step outside the box. Leaders are growth and results-oriented. Leaders are motivators. Leaders involve their team in the decision-making process. Leaders focus on creative solutions. Leaders have a mission and a purpose for their area of responsibility. Leaders value their team members as their greatest asset. Leaders are continuous improvement people. Leaders are all in, heart, body, and soul. Leaders have a sense of urgency. The time is now. And again, to add to this list, because it's not on here, but it's all throughout it, leaders are effective communicators. But we talk about it throughout this entire list. Leaders have a vision, communicate it to their team. Leaders make decisions whether they're popular or not. Don't you hear it? One is communicating with other people. The other is communicating with ourselves. See, whenever we're talking about communication, there's always two types of communication. It's intrapersonal and it's interpersonal. Interpersonal is the communication between two or more people. Intrapersonal is the communication that we have with ourselves. And we have a tendency to put all our marbles on the interpersonal communication, the skill set of how we communicate with another person. But might I suggest that intrapersonal communication, the way we talk to ourselves, what you talk about, you call it thinking, right? What is thinking? I mean, if you think about it, thinking is nothing more than talking to yourself. You know, if you're a salesperson and you do a great presentation and your customer, your client says, well, hey, let me think about it and uh, call me tomorrow. No, no. 
you know, they just said to you, listen, I'm going to go talk to myself about your product and service, and then I'll get back to you. That is not what you want. If they're going to make a decision, you want to be there when they make the decision. And nobody can talk about your service or your product better than than you can, right? And so when I would get that uh, saying from somebody, I would say, listen, undoubtedly you have some more questions. What else can I explain to you? What else can I answer for you about this service or this product? And that's key. And so today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the incredible gift, the incredible tool that a leader has at their disposal, at their disposal, and that is communication. And inside this thing called communication, there are many tools to get our point across. We can do it verbally, we can do it kinesthetically, we can do it through uh, writing, but we can also do it through stories, through analogies, through parables, and through metaphors. So I am black. And we'll be right back. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Okay, I picked the wrong week, quit sniffing blue. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. For the life of your home, visit Think Family owned and operated since 1985, Air Mechanical leads the Twin Cities and surrounding areas in heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. Whether it's maintaining your current system, repairing it when it breaks, or installing new equipment, Air Mechanical has your back 24 7, 365 days a year. Call or schedule online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Step into Chet's shoes this summer for Keen Utility Footwear. Chet's features a variety of Keen Utility 6-inch safety toe boots with steel or carbon fiber toe options. Check out Keen Utility's waterproof and ventilated footwear to get your feet ready for the season. As always, Chet's takes the time to measure your feet and learn about your job to find the boot that's right for you. Stop in to check out their line of Keen Utility footwear in Spring Lake Park or visit them at Chet'sShoes.com. If the shoe fits, you've been to Chet's. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive, professional, communication training, to to how to hold a fork. the, The Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And 
it's there's nothing like it. There's 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 no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. It's, 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 it's okay to hurry. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today I am Metaphor Man. Right on. And why Metaphor Man? Because, you know, the old saying, you can beat a horse to death, right? <laughs> Uh, I, I I get the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And I approach it from many different ways. Why? Because the mother of success is repetition. Excuse me. <coughs> is repetition. And so I like to reinforce the message. And sometimes we need to hear something seven, eight, nine, ten times before we remember it. Matter of fact, the brain remembers things differently. So... Here is a uh, article uh, by Doug Stevenson uh, from TD.org. Uh, it says, Storytelling and Brain Science, This is Your Brain on Stories. And it goes in to say that when we're recalling uh, a story or an experience, it says, quote, your brain remembers pictures first. Why? A picture's worth a thousand words, right? A picture is a multidimensional abacus, if you will. There are so many different levels, uh, different layers. And what happens when we tell stories is it paints a picture, if you think about it. For, I mean, for centuries, the, the, the Bible was passed on at, at campfires through stories, right? Don't you understand it? Because stories, our mind gets illustrative. It, it creates imagery, right? The unconscious mind, I teach how the unconscious mind works. It works in imagery, uh, it's so powerful how the unconscious mind works. And you look at some of the great prophets in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, Isaiah, uh, and look how God communicated to them in visions, in these incredible things. Daniel, you know, this spinning, rolling wheels, all that with the, with the, it's just stunning. The statues and part of it's of iron, part of it's of gold, part of it's of bronze. It, it's fascinating because our mind, specifically the unconscious mind, uh, understands imagery. And so in this article by Doug Stevens talking about storytelling and brain science, this is your brain on stories. And there's also a great book called Tell Me a Story. Uh, I don't remember who wrote it, wrote, read it years ago, but it really goes into depth called Tell Me a Story uh, about how the brain processes stories. So he goes on to say, your brain remembers pictures first and then remembers the emotional context. And finally, it remembers language. Remember, we talk about words only 7% of communication. And in my two-and-a-half-day classes, the leadership classes that you can learn about at likeitmatters.net, uh, I mean, I say the same thing the same way with the same pauses, with the same inflection, probably 15, 20 times throughout the weekend. Not to a the joke. point that by the end of that training, People can finish my sentences. I could say that sentence halfway and then stop, and in their head, they would hear the completion of that sentence. That is done intentionally. So in this article, uh, it references a book 
brain rules, brain rules. And molecular biologist John Medina explains this phenomenon. Quote, when the brain detects an emotional charged event, the amygdala releases dopamine into the system. Because dopamine greatly aids memory and information processing, you could say it creates a post-it note that that reads, remember this. So powerful. And later on the article, he says this, quote, Most people who have ever given a speech, run a business meeting, or tried to sell a product or service will tell you that stories are more memorable than facts and data. In my experience, the story is essential if you want people to remember any of your content. In his book, Mirroring People, Marco uh, Iacobini, Coboni, sorry, asked, why do we give ourselves over to emotion during the carefully crafted, hard-trending scenes in certain movies? Because, quote, mirror neurons in our brains recreate for us the distress we see on the screen. At last, I found a scientific explanation for what I've been teaching for the last 15 years. They're called mirror neurons. We don't just listen to stories. We see images. We feel emotions. We actually experience a story as if it's happening to us. Daniel Pink says stories are easier to remember because stories are how we remember. When facts become so widely available and instantly accessible, each one becomes less valuable. What begins to matter more is the ability to place these facts in context and to deliver them with emotional impact. In other words, when you tell a story and make a point, you make an emotional connection. When you make an emotional connection, you and your story are memorable. A story is told about a soldier who is finally coming home after having fought in Vietnam. He called his parents from San Francisco. Mom and Dad, I'm coming home, but I have a favor to ask. I have a friend I'd like to bring home with me. Sure, they replied. We'd love to meet him. There's something you should know, the son continued. He was hurt pretty badly in the fighting. He stepped on a landmine and lost an arm and a leg. He has nowhere else to go, and I want him to come live with us. I'm sorry to hear that, son. Maybe we can help him find somewhere to live. No, 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 Mom and Dad, I want him to live with us. Son, said the father, you don't know what you're asking. Someone with such a handicap would be a terrible burden on us. We have our own lives to live, and we can't let something like this interfere with our lives. I think you should just come home and forget about this guy. He'll find a way to live on his own. At that point, the son hung up the phone. The parents heard nothing more from him. A few days later, however, they received a call from the San Francisco Police Department. Their son had died after falling from a building, they were told. The police believe it was suicide. The grief-stricken parents flew to San Francisco and were taken to the city morgue to identify the body of their son. They recognized him, but to their horror, they also discovered something they did not know. Their son had only one arm and one leg. See, the parents in the story are like many of us. We find it easy to love those who are good-looking or fun to have around. But we don't like people who inconvenience us or make us feel uncomfortable. We'd rather stay away from people who aren't as healthy, beautiful, or smart as we are. Thankfully, there's someone who won't treat us that way. Someone who loves us with an unconditional love that welcomes us into the forever family, regardless 
of how messed up we are. And that's why I have the hope in Jesus Christ. Because I know how unlovable I am. And Jesus Christ loves me not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Jesus Christ loves me not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. You see the powerfulness of stories? See, a metaphor is a figure of speech, which makes an implicit, implied, or hidden comparison between two things that are unrelated but share some common characteristics. In other words, a resemblance of two contradictory or different objects is made based on a single or some common characteristics. In simple English, when you portray a person, place, thing, or an action as being something else, even though it's not actually that, quote, something else, you are speaking metaphorically. He's the black sheep of the family. Is a metaphor because he's not a sheep. He's not even black. <laughs> However, we can use this comparison to describe an association of a black sheep with that person. A black sheep is an unusual animal and typically stays away from the herd. And that person you are describing shares similar characteristics. Furthermore, a metaphor develops a comparison which is different from a simile. You know, we don't use words like like or as to develop a comparison in a metaphor. And that's why if you read the book of Revelation and things, whenever you had one of the uh, Old Testament prophets, when God would give him a vision or when John was in the uh, future talking about the end of time, the, the, the great tribulation, right? He would say, it was like this. It was like that. Because he was seeing things that he had no vocabulary to explain, right? And so I want to make sure you understand the difference in metaphors. Now, a parable, okay? A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson, right? And Jesus told those all the time in the Gospels, right? He talked in parables. Uh, in the first segment, I shared the parable of the blind man and the elephant, Right? So this is from gotquestions.org. It says, a parable is literally something cast alongside something else. Jesus' parables were stories that were cast along a truth in order to illustrate that truth. His parables were teaching aids and could be thought of as extended analogies or inspired comparisons. A common description of a parable is that it is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Logic. And for a time in his ministry, Jesus relied heavily on parables, right? He told many of them. In fact, I think it's Mark 4.34 says, he did not say anything to them without using the parable. And I think the number is 35. 35 parables that are recorded in synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John, I think 90% of the gospel of John is unto itself, where something like 75-80% of the other three Gospels are similar. That's why they're called synoptic Gospels. It had not always been that way in the early part of Jesus' ministry. Think about it. He didn't talk in parables. He didn't at all. But suddenly, he began telling parables exclusively, much to the surprise of his disciples. We even asked him, why do you speak to people in parables? And Jesus actually explained two uses of the parable, right? He wanted to reveal truth to those who wanted to know it and to conceal the truth from those who were indifferent. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's beyond that. Because Jesus created us. And the psalmist says, I know your frame. And God knows his creature. And so God knows how we remember things. God realizes how he made our brain. And so Jesus spoke in parables because people might not know the Bible, 
But boy, can they tell you stories in Jesus' parables. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about the power of gifted communication using the proper tools. I am Black, and we'll be right back. This is the most fantastic story I've ever heard. And every word of it's true, too. That's the fantastic part of it. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Freedom 1570. Top shelf choices include freedom1570.com, our free app, and radio.com. Are you the principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. The right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. You can act like a man. Amen. Act like a man. This is the man, Mr. Black. If I was a superhero, you'd say, look, in the sky, it is metaphor man. Because <gasps> I love to communicate. And I love to tug on people's heartstrings. I tell people all the time, I get to their head through their heart, 
and I get to their heart through their head. I take the emotion and the intellect and I do the ultimate double helix. We call it emotional intelligence. And we're talking about the power of stories. And we're talking about before the break about Jesus Christ, how he spoke in parables, how for the longest time before the Bible was in written form, before the Tanakh was created, uh, that's what the Shema is, uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, uh, would basically be stories told that the Israelites would tell to their children. Uh, about how God delivered them from Egypt, of how about the stories about the plagues, about the story about the flood, about the story about all those things, and it's those stories. Tell me, Daddy, one more time. Tell me how how God p- uh, picked us to be His people. Tell us, uh, uh, Daddy, uh, about Noah in the great flood. Uh, tell us, Daddy, about right. It's stories, and stories allow us to connect with people. I mean, some of the most famous uh, stories uh, are what we call fables, right? There's this guy called Aesop. Remember that guy? Uh, how about all the little German little folk tales, right? Uh, uh, Grimm's fairy tales, right? Grimm's fairy tales. And Grimm, by the way, if you actually read those fairy tales, wow, there's some darkness in those. But look how they were passed on. And we know Aesop, right? Aesop's fables. One day, a shepherd discovered a fat pig in the meadow where his sheep were pastured. He very quickly captured the porker, which squealed at the top of its voice the moment the shepherd laid his hands on it. You would have thought to hear the loud squealing that the pig was being cruelly hurt. But in spite of its squeals and struggles to escape, the shepherd tucked his prize under his arm and started off to the butchers in the marketplace. The sheep in the pasture were much astonished and amused at the pig's behavior and followed the shepherd and his charge to the pasture gate. What makes you squeal like that? asked one of the sheep. The shepherd often catches and carries one of us off, but we should feel very much ashamed to make such a terrible fuss about it like you do. That is all very well, replied the pig with a squeal and a frantic kick. When he catches you, he is only after your wool, but he wants my bacon. Gree! <laughs> and the moral of the story, it's easy to be brave when there is no danger. Stop whining. A wolf had been feasting too greedily, and a bone had stuck crosswise in his throat. He could get it neither up nor down, and of course, he could not eat a thing. Naturally, that was an awful state of affairs for a greedy wolf. So away he hurried to the crane. He was sure that she, with her long neck and bill, would easily be able to reach the bone and pull it out. I will reward you very handsomely, said the wolf, if you pull that bone out for me. The crane, as you can imagine, was very uneasy about putting her head in a wolf's throat. But she was grasping in nature So she did what the wolf asked her to do. When the wolf felt that the bone was gone, he started to walk away. But what about my reward, called the crane anxiously. What? snarled the wolf, whirling around. Haven't you got it? Isn't it enough that I let you take your head out of my mouth without snapping it off? And the moral of the story, expect no reward for serving the one who has no honor. Staying in a company of selfish people will not do anyone any 
favor. Not a joke. In ancient times, a king had a boulder placed on a roadway. Then he hid himself and watched to see if anyone would remove the huge rock. Some of the king's wealthiest merchants and courtiers came by and simply walked around it. Many loudly blamed the king for not keeping the roads clear, but none did anything about getting the big stone out of the way. Then a peasant came along, carrying a load of vegetables. On approaching the boulder, the peasant laid down his burden and tried to move the stone to the side of the road. After much pushing and straining, he, he finally succeeded. As the peasant picked up his load of vegetables, he noticed a purse lying in the road where the boulder had been. The purse contained many gold coins and a note from the king indicating that the gold was for the person who removed the boulder from the roadway. The peasant learned what many others never understand. Every obstacle presents an opportunity to improve one's condition. See, ladies and gentlemen, we learn differently by stories. And our brain processes stories differently. Uh, With my kids, when they were growing up, I would a lot of times make up a story. Let's say with Faith, my oldest, let's say I required that she always uh, always hung out with her, her little brother, Christian. They were two and a half years apart. So I didn't give my daughter a lot of choices, and that's why she's the outstanding woman she is today. She's a little bitter about it because she said that she had a hard childhood, but she's a phenomenal child. And I would set things up, uh, and I would never let her ever discount her brother, that if she had friends over that if Christian wanted to be involved, that she would allow him to be involved. Now, I would ride him like a pony. He would not do anything rude, disrespectful, or he would have the he would have the hand of God come down on him. So I took care of him as well. But to this day, Faith and Christian, my oldest uh, is my daughter, and then my oldest boy, I got three boys, my oldest boy, they are close friends. I have made them. I dictated. I made sure that no matter what, that my son and my daughter would always be close friends. See, I have five brothers and sisters. I have no relationship with them at all, no animosity. Uh, They're like people I went through with uh, kindergarten with. Uh, I have no bitterness towards the people I went through kindergarten with. We went through a thing together, uh, and now I moved on. And my brothers and sisters uh, all live in Vegas. Uh, They don't know Jesus Christ. Uh, They live different lifestyles than I do. Not wrong or right, not good or bad. I'm not better than them, and they're not worse than me. Nothing like that. Don't read more into it than there is. But I, uh, you know, it's just like what Jesus said. You know, when he was in the house talking to a whole bunch of people and telling people he was God, someone set someone off, say, oh, my gosh, someone, you know, go find Jesus' mother. Go find Jesus' brother. Go find James. They got to get Jesus out of here. He's going to get <gasps> killed because he's telling people he's God. And so there comes a knock on the door, and it's, it's Mary and James outside the door. And one of the people comes up to Jesus, and he says, uh, hey, hey, I think this is my paraphrase. Hey, God. Your mother and your brother are outside. And Jesus said so perfectly, he said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? And then he looked at his disciples and he said, he or she who does the will of my father, that is my mother and that is my brother. And boy, that story stuck in my head. I can't tell you where it's at. I think it might be Matthew 12, maybe uh, John 6. I don't know. I think it's Matthew 12. But it's a story. And I remember those stories. Uh, and I always talk, call it zip code. 
I might not be able to quote scripture like Jesus never did, but he would say the prophet Isaiah said this, or it is written in this. And by the way, next to the book of Psalms, do you know what the Jesus quoted most often? Deuteronomy. Look it up. Deuteronomy. Actually, it means second gospel. Uh, it's powerful. My favorite, one of my favorite books in the Bible, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible is Deuteronomy 8. So from the, from the article, Your Brain on Stories, by Susan Weinchink, PhD. She says, everyone likes stories. We like to listen to stories, read stories, watch stories, movies, TV, theater, and tell stories. In fact, stories are our normal mode of information processing. Stories are so normal to us that we don't even stop to think about why that is. And Paul Zak, a professor at Claremont College, author of The Moral Molecules, uh, how trust works, researches the role of oxytocin. Oxytocin is a neurochemical in the brain that Zach says gives us, quote, it's safe to approach other signal in the brain. And in his research, he discovered that if you develop tension in a story, you will sustain attention. If you sustain attention, it's more likely people hearing the story will start to share the emotions of the main characters. And if people share the emotions of the main characters, then they're likely to mimic the feelings and behavior. That's why stories work. And so I want you to expand your, uh, your portfolio. And don't just talk in words. Start using stories. Start using parables. Start using metaphors, analogies. And if you don't have any, listen to Like It Matters Radio every single day. And wherever you listen to podcasts, look up Living Life Like It Matters. Because every Monday, there's a story time with Mr. Black where I tell you a story. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you, when you live your life like it matters, it does. And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? together and we will get through this together the vaccines are tested effective and needed welcome to the clinic with charm get your covid19 vaccine so we can do this and this and this we are now boarding flight together again because we got through it together this message sponsored by the helmsley charitable trust aired with the minnesota broadcasters association and the station Tune in each Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on Freedom 1570 for Garden Talk Radio. It's the Gardening with Joey and Holly radio show. Topic-focused, guests from across the country, and answering your garden questions. Send your questions in now to GardenTalkRadio at gmail.com or call anytime to 1-800-927-SHOW. That's every Saturday afternoon from 4 to 5 p.m. right here on Freedom 1570. Catch the replay Sunday afternoons from 2 to 3 p.m. Ringing Liberty and